0: Hello. I uh, Guys in the back, Jorge is in the back. He's like, ready to roll, ready to roll. And I'm like, sure. I said, but we're early. And Tyler tells me, oh, that clock is two minutes slow. Thanks for telling me now, Tyler. We're how many shows deep? I'm just looking at the clock. I only never know 34. what's going Only 34 shows for them to tell me what's going on. Like a space kid. I'm like Joe Biden in outer space. Just like, what? What's going on? Welcome, everyone. I hope you had uh, an incredible weekend. I did. Uh, My kid's not sleeping again. There was like a small period of time where I looked well rested. You may have noticed that the dark circles began to fade, but no, Hartley could not allow for that. So I'm basically just up every two hours now. I need some type of hobby. Maybe I can begin to sew, basket weave, get something accomplished in the middle of the night other than go back and forth into his room. That would be fantastic. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to hit that subscribe button. I want you to hit that like button. I want you to be active throughout this show. I really need you to get in there on those super chats. This is a political show. Today is all politics. And I know I've been talking about dating and relationships, been shifting around a lot. Today needs to be about all politics because I uh, watched that Joe Biden speech. You know, the one, I believe it was on Friday. It wasn't on Thursday, maybe. It was a primetime speech. I think it was Thursday night. It's the one where he looked like he was standing at the gates of hell, lit up all red, crazy completely crazy. The whole thing was just somewhere between psychotic, dangerous. I I really don't know what words to describe. And I originally said to myself, I'm not going to watch this thing. It's an hour. I'm never going to get back. I'd rather be outside in nature, grounding, doing something productive. And then I saw a few clips and I said, oh, wow, he's really gone off the rails. And I saw some tweets about it. I don't have cable, so I don't watch any of that stuff. I consider most of it useless. Um, But I did see some commentary that was scratching the surface of what was going on. And I said, oh, no, this is much deeper than this. I'm going to I'm going to have to do a show on it. So I have decided to do a full show on that speech. We're going to break it down little by little. And it's not just on the speech. It's on the larger picture of what is wrong with this guy, because there is something deeply wrong. What is wrong with the administration at large? Why the, the people who are advising him are incredibly troublesome at this point and why this, is, this was an incredibly important moment because he showed everyone what he's concerned about, what he's worried about, what keeps him and his administration up at night. And that is the possibility that Trump will want, run against him and win. He is obsessed with MAGA. It's, it's, it's like I'm obsessed with chocolate. It's intense is all I'm going to say. So we're going to go through the speech. Um, I do want to just let you know a lot of people were asking about my trip to New York. So I'm just going to get that out of the way real quick. I was only there for 12 hours. Um, that was long enough. And I witnessed several uh, crimes in that period of time. No joke. I was in some of what, what used to be some of the safest neighborhoods in the city. Upper East Side, Midtown West, um, Upper West. These are places that people want to be. Soho. Uh, I watched two, I just witnessed two robberies right in front of my eyes. Guy walks into a convenience store, takes some sort of electronic something, just takes it right off the shelf, hooks around, laughs, leaves. They chased him down. He was just like, what? Like, what, like wh- why do you, this is what happens in New York. I witnessed an assault on, on a corner of a very, what was once a very beautiful block, actually one block from where I used to live uh, at one point. Uh, I watched another robbery of, Somebody ordered like a something from the snack bar and a green juice and just takes it and walks out. And the woman is like, well, you can't do that. And he was like, oh, just this is just the new trend. I watched people walking around um, in a menacing way, naked, um, just body parts just floating around in ways they shouldn't. Small children nearby, uh, confused, concerned. I saw parents that were like trying to get their kids out of the way. just as at Central Park. Um, right by the Plaza Hotel, mind you. These are not, you know, rough neighborhoods, disgusting. The city is filthy. Uh, it stinks like urine everywhere. Uh, and it's it's tangibly unsafe. I've said that it was broad daylight, middle of the day, middle of the afternoon. I would not be walking around a lot of those neighborhoods myself. Um, the homeless population is out. There's a lot of drug use and abuse that's going on in broad daylight, So I don't know. People who go to New York and they say, oh, it looks great. I don't know if they walk around blindfolded. I don't know if they're living in a deluded world that they, you know, it's like self-delusion where you have to convince yourself that nothing's wrong. I really don't know what their problem is, but it's not accurate. So you need to know that. And I don't say that. I'm not smiling when I say that. I would have loved to have gone there and been wrong because it's my city. And my family's there, but it's disgusting, and that is what liberalism will do to a city, time and time again. So that is my take on New York. I was very happy to come back to Florida, and uh, it, it's amazing that the air quality there is horrible. It's like you look around when you leave and you say, "Why do people pay?" It'd be one thing if it was dirt cheap to live in New York, right? You went there and you were like, "Well, it sucks. It's filthy and unsafe," uh, but I can get you know a studio for two fifty a month. It's like a fortune to live there. So I don't know. Maybe everybody's just crazy. Anyway, that was my experience. We're going to we're going to talk about Joe Biden today. We're going to talk about this administration. And I want, again, get into that super chat. Ask your questions uh, about this speech, about, you know, the next election, about liberalism, about anything, really. I don't care. It's a political day. So it'd be great if you stayed in politics somewhere. If you don't, you want to ask about the manosphere. Go ahead. I don't care. Just get in that super chat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a better job of checking in with Tyler, who's very diligent about this. I'm going to check. him. then I'm also going to get his take on some of the stuff. Tyler's very political. I'm sure he's got a lot to say about this speech as well. So we'll want to ask him how he feels about Biden standing at the gates of hell, because that's what it looks like. So let's start. We're going to start at, and I'm going to stop and go on this a lot, Um Because you really need to hear it in his own words. And if you didn't watch it because, you know, you wanted to spare yourself the aggravation, I apologize. But there are some moments in history that you need to see. This is one of them. You need to see it. You need to hear it. And you need to accept where they're going so that you can act accordingly on the other side. Okay. so let's go to 539. This is just the entrance. And I just want to pay a little bit of attention to that. So we're going to do 539 to 617. This is how the speech began. Let's take a look. Thank you. So this is how it begins. Um, I should tell you, this was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, as you can see. Soul of the nation. So the implication here is that the soul of the nation is dying, and he's going to help you rediscover it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The background right away, odd. You saw a lot of tweets about this. Why? Well, when you give a speech as a sitting president, the last thing you want people to feel is that you're angry, okay? You want to feel in command, in control, You want to bring people peace, especially from the guy who was going to be so unifying. Don't you remember you were supposed to vote for Joe Biden because he was going to bring the country together? So right out of the gate, when you've got red lights, if I sat here on this set and we lit the back of this red, I would seem angrier than I already am. I know you're like, Jed, could you get angrier? Yes, I could. I'm Italian. You can always get angrier. But it wouldn't be a good look. So right off the bat, you're like, who's advising him? Who are the PR people? What's going on here that they thought that was appropriate? We can actually freeze frame it, Tyler, on 655. I just want people to see the image uh, of what Biden looked like with this red behind him. Let's take a look. Okay, so do you see that? It's not. First of all, it's not flattering for him. Hate to say it. Secondly, it really looks like They set the stage for a very dictatorial, authoritarian. People were making, you know, references to, you know, communist dictators. It's just not a good look. Now, I saw that and I said, okay, maybe the speech will go against that trend. What's fascinating about the speech is that the speech is very much in line with the background. Okay, so I have to believe that it was intentional. The tone of his voice. You'll see what he talks about. You'll see where he goes with this. I have to believe that they wanted him to seem menacing in some way to a segment of the population that they're very worried about. They're very, very worried about. If you consider yourself MAGA out there, you can raise your hand. I can't see you, but if you consider yourself a Trump supporter, if you consider yourself MAGA, if you consider yourself, maybe you don't consider yourself MAGA, but you consider yourself someone who believes that President Trump did a good job policy-wise. Maybe you didn't agree with him all the time. But you liked a lot of what he did. Well, you're the enemy. You are the problem, right? According to Joe Biden, you're a big problem. He's very, very worried about you. He's very worried about how you could potentially vote if Donald Trump decides to run again. And he's very worried about even if Donald Trump doesn't run again, if somebody does run that allies themselves with Trump, which they will because it's smart politically. OK, Ron DeSantis decides to run. He's going to have Trump at his side. Regardless, he's going to want to pull in all those MAGA supporters. It would be idiotic not to. Joe Biden's very, very worried about that union as well. And he makes it abundantly clear in this speech that he has nothing to talk about. That's really good that's about what he's done. There's nothing to share. It's a mess. We all know that. But you're the enemy and you're the problem. Okay, so we're going to start with that 6, uh, we can start at 6.55, and we're just going to move, and we're going to go, and I'm going to stop it as needed, but you need to hear the tone, and you need to hear uh, the games, this is one big mind game, okay, let's go.
1: We should independence to the world, more than two centuries ago, <clears throat> with an idea unique among nations, that in America... We're all created equal. This is where the United States Constitution was written and debated. This is where we set in motion the most extraordinary experiment of self-government the world has ever known. With three simple words, we the people, we the people, these two documents and the ideas they embody Equality and democracy are the rock upon which this nation is built. They're how we became the greatest nation on earth. Okay, so
0: let's pause there for a second. You already see this sounds like a campaign speech, right? You're like, is he running again? What's going on? This is a campaign speech, right? So you have to ask yourself, why did he feel the need to come out and give this speech? Well, because the country is imploding. That's why. It's imploding. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows he's doing a terrible job, including the people that surround him, his handlers, because we know he has them. They all know it. And they were like, what do we do? And what do we do? Let's get out and talk about MAGA. Let's get out and talk about January 6th. Something. Let's go back. Panic. People can't afford gas. Oh, God, the cities are blowing up in crime. Let's talk about Jan. Let's go back. Come on. That's all we've got. That's what happened. It was a panic moment. Okay, so somebody wrote this terrible speech, which, by the way, he seems oddly disconnected from or maybe I should say not so oddly. Does he seem like he's connected to his words to you? He doesn't to me. He doesn't. He seems like he's reading somebody else's stuff and he's there's an odd disconnect there as usual. Again, we're not all created equal. That's just not the way it works here. There's a quality of opportunity in this country. There's not a quality of outcomes. He knows that. I find it fascinating right from the get-go that this guy is talking about we the people and that this guy is talking about democracy. By the way, he talks about democracy through the whole thing. We're a republic. We're not a democracy. Interesting choice of words by him. Regardless, this is the guy who wanted you fired from your job because you didn't get an experimental vaccine that didn't prevent transmission. And he's talking about democracy and we the people. Right out of the gate, you should be vomiting. Okay? He's full of it. He is full of it. We the people means we the people. It doesn't mean a big, all-powerful government steps in and makes rules for we the people. He knows that. Once again, this whole speech is going to be him saying words that don't match what he's done because that's what he does, because that's all he has. Okay, let's continue.
1: There, why, for more than two centuries, America has been a beacon to the world. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation about the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands to meet these threats. And about the incredible future that lies in front of us if only we choose it.
0: Okay, so this is words. This is empty empty words. They do this all the time. Under if if liberty is under threat, who is it under threat from? Him. Right? Him. This is the guy. This is the guy that has putting his it has been putting his foot on liberty over and over and over again for the entire duration of his presidency thus far. So now he's here He knows that. He knows it. He's the one who wanted... I just said he wanted you fired because you didn't get a vaccine. Can you imagine you're up there and you're talking about a beacon of liberty after wanting people to get fired because they didn't get an experimental vaccine? I mean, you could just... You don't know whether to laugh or cry sometimes. The absolute audacity of this guy to say that to you. So he's going to go on and on and on about liberty. And I want you to just keep that in mind. Do you feel more free today than you did under President Trump. Do you feel more free? Think about the lockdowns. Think about the mandates. Think about the masks on your little kid's face at school. Think about what happened between the CDC and the teachers union and the way that policy was drafted. Think about how this administration put a stamp of approval on all of that stuff that inhibited your freedom for no reason, well beyond the point where we had data that said it was completely useless it didn't match up. Think about the military members, by the way, who still are getting discharged for not getting that vaccine, even if medically they're not supposed to get it. And see if you have the stomach, the appetite to listen to this guy lecture you about liberty. If you throw up during this, I, I, it's all right. Get a bucket, keep it by you. I'm telling you, you may purge. Let's continue.
1: We must never forget, we the people are the true heirs of the American experiment that began more than two centuries ago. We, the people, have burning inside of each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall. A flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, civil rights, that sacred flame still burns now in our time as we build an America that is more prosperous, free, and just.
0: Okay, so ask yourself, ask yourself, is it more prosperous, free, and just? Do you have more money in your pocket? Does gas cost more now? Does your money go farther or less far than it did a couple of years ago? Look at what's happening when you go to the grocery store. Look at the prices of goods and services. This guy thinks you're an idiot. Like, you don't go to the gas station and have to fill up your gas tank with your own money. Are you more prosperous in general? Do you believe this country is more prosperous than it was under Trump? No, it's not. It's not. Do you believe that it's more just? Really? Oh, let's look at the crime that we've covered going on throughout the liberal woke cities throughout this country. Let's talk about those DAs again. Those liberal DAs that let those criminals roam free after they've committed a crime right back out into the streets. And people who are worried about those, those crimes, people who are worried have no recourse, right? Because they know. These criminals go in and they come right back out. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about defund the police, huh? Whose idea was that? Republicans? No, it was not. It was not. Okay? So when he says more prosperous, more free, we're none of those things right now. You would have to be brain dead to swallow this. And that's what he's counting on. He's counting on you being brain dead. Maybe you just watch MSNBC all day. You watch CNN is still covering January 6th as if it's January 7th. Honestly, I understand there was a time to be knee deep in that coverage. They're still covering it like it's the next day because what else are they going to do? Cover all of this atrocity that's gone on since from this guy? They're not going to do that. Okay, let's keep going. Wait, it gets really good. MAGA. MAGA. Out there,
1: <laughs> you're, you're gonna love this one. Let's go. That is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in with my whole soul. But first, we must be honest with each other mm. and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. I agree. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now I want to be very clear. They're all very clapping. Clear up front. They're all
0: cl- the you know, Stefford wives. They're all clapping. They don't know why. Somebody ask him, how are they threatening? How are the people that voted for Trump threatening? Tell me, I want to know. How are they extreme? What? They want to keep more of their hard hard-earned, hard-earned cash. They want to be able to pay for gas at the at the tank? How are they extreme? I want to know. Somebody needs to ask him when he says this stuff, but I want you to just take note of something. This guy decided that he needed to do a 30 minute speech to address Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. Donald Trump's not in office. He's not in office, right? Why are you so worried about him? This is how worried he is about you, about your votes. He took 30 minutes. He set up, I don't know, some sort of weird prop behind him. He lit that thing to make him look fierce because he's worried about your votes. Pat yourself on the back. That's quite an accomplishment to get the president of the United States that worked up when you're just sitting at home. You're just sitting at home saying, wow, this administration sucks. And you're right. He knows that, too. Let's keep going.
1: Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated. By Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans.
0: Okay, let's stop there for one second. You know, when they talk about, you need to be attuned to this, when Democrats talk about mainstream Republicans and praise them, what they're really saying are, these are the Republicans who agree with us most of the time. These are the Republicans that will always give the Mitch McConnell's, you know, useless, useless Republicans, people who cower, people who, when a vaccine mandate is sweeping the country and you're losing your job, They just sit down quietly and wait for it to pass. Those Republicans. Those are the ones he's talking about that he likes because they're cowards. You walk all over those Republicans. You walk all over them without even blinking because they're completely and utterly useless. So that's who he's talking about when he talks about mainstream Republicans. You know, the Republicans that that get hired by the view in some, you know, they just get, you know, they kind of just sit there and smile and occasionally raise a little point of contention quietly and they go back. That's who he likes, okay? You know them. You know the names. He's not talking about Rand Paul, I'll tell you that. He's not talking about Ron Johnson. He's not talking about Mike glee. He's not talking about people like that. He's not talking about people worth a dime. That doesn't interest him. Again, I would ask you, what is extremist about MAGA Republicans? Just keep it in the back of your head. Ask yourself what's extremist about. What they want. What they want in terms of policy. Think about it. Okay, let's keep going.
1: And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president. Not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. How do you say this? Tyler, I'm getting
0: heated. Get somebody, get me a fan. How do you say this? I'm the president of everyone when you've just spent... I don't know how much time digging into MAGA Republicans. How do you pretend that you care about unity when literally seconds ago? Well, I'll tell you why. He forgot what he said, probably. it's like, he doesn't know where he is or what he's saying. They write this. News. But how does that speech writer not admit that they are dumb, lost, <laughs> that they think you're dumb and lost? He just... Ripped on MAGA. Now he's like, oh, I'm 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 president of the United States. By the way, ripping on MAGA, dumb strategy. Dumb. Because there's a lot of people out there who liked Donald Trump for policy. Maybe they didn't even vote for him the second time around. Maybe they were like, oh, I don't know about his attitude, this, that, and the other thing it was the midst of COVID. There was a lot of actual misinformation that was out there. But you just riled them all up. You riled Republicans at large. You riled Republicans who don't like mainstream Republicans because we know they're useless. You riled up people who love Donald Trump. You riled up people who were like lukewarm on Donald Trump. You riled them all up, honey. Good job. Well done. You're doing the work for the Republican Party at this point. You sure you didn't do this for... Do you secretly work for the GOP? Because they couldn't have done a better job of promoting themselves than you just did. Let's continue.
2: Classic, Classic Joe Biden. Plagiarizing barack obama's 2008 dnc speech yeah there are no red states there are no blue states there's just america
0: played right classic plagiarism that's true right? <laughs> how many times have we heard this speech though <laughs> it's like do they just take a couple of lines and they're like oh let's just do that let's repurpose that one and that's the difference right between him and a trump right trump gets up just extemporaneously and you just know it. it he wings it you know he didn't prep some people have a problem with that. But if you you know, if nothing else, it's authentic what's coming out of his mouth. He'll pick on that guy in the third row. He'll say something crazy five minutes in where you're like, you know, did he? Be? And you laugh secretly. All of that happens. But it's real. It's 100%. This guy's like, you know, it's two lines from this speech in 2006. It's two lines from. And he's you he do not even know what he's saying. You see, sometimes he's like, what's going on? Well, I mean, it's ridiculous, right? But how dumb do you have to be at this stage of the game? Your whole administration is just tanking, right? The country is in complete disarray. And you seize the moment to hit on MAGA, to hit on conservatives, to hit on... I mean, the dumb hurts sometimes. What is that, what is that saying, Tyler? Don't interrupt your enemy when they're like digging their own hole or something. Right. Yeah, well, I'm not going to... I do have to interrupt from time to time, but mostly just to laugh, to stare and point and make fun. Okay, let's continue.
1: And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, Mm. backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy. No right to contraception. No right. Okay, let's
0: pause this. I mean, it's just too much. I mean, the idea that this guy is presenting himself as a beacon of somebody who's protecting the Constitution, you could just lose your mind just on that. The audacity. He talks about right to privacy. Yeah, again, do we want to revisit? Do we want to revisit how everybody's right to privacy was ripped away from them with vaccine mandates? Do you want to have that conversation, Joe? You want to talk about it? You can come here. There'll be no prompter, sadly for you. But you can come here, and we'll have that conversation. Forty percent of the country is still identifies as pro life. By the way, I know there's been a lot of talk about how that number is shrinking. It's not really. Every time you have an issue that's front and center, like you know the Roe v. Wade issue, you'll see those numbers shift a little bit. And a lot of the um, opinion on that actually shifted in the direction of Democrats, meaning Democrats who were already staunchly pro-choice became more pro-choice. Regardless, you're insulting 40% of the country with that, right? Saying it's going backward, It's back. Did you not know it's going backward to want to protect the life of the unborn? That's backward to him. Amazing. These people live in an alternate reality. You really have to, to just think about it like that sometimes. It's like, are we sure they're not aliens? And the audacity to talk about the rule of law. Again, who, by and large, supports law enforcement? Which party? Who, by and large, wants to defund the police and stick social workers on the street unarmed? You know, they're just going to ride their bike by a criminal and be like, you shouldn't do that. Do you want to talk about it? Who wants to do that? The brain dead. Okay, the brain dead on the left. Will of the people. Again, how many times are you going to... You cannot say these things after the last two years. What if it was the, somebody's will that they kept their business open, Joe? What if it was somebody's will that they sent their child to school without a face covering, Joe? What if it was somebody's will that they didn't inject themselves with something experimental because their own doctor said it was bad for them, Joe? Oh, that's different. Really? Why? Can you imagine if this guy had to face someone? Doesn't have to be me. Someone like me in a debate. Can you imagine Let's keep going, Tyler. My blood pressure has risen significantly already, but that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Let's go.
1: Marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence. Authoritarian
0: leaders. First of all, most Republicans, by the way, support you going out and marrying whoever you want at this point. Okay, so that's another, you know, just bullshit line. The audacity to suggest... That Republicans like authoritarian leaders who like DeSantis, who spent the better part of the last two years trying to undo your actual authoritarianism like that. Tell me what's authoritarian about a leader on the right. I want to know. I want to note. But if you ask them, that's what you'd get. What is authoritarian? Tell me. I want to know. That's what you need to do with these people when they say this stuff, because this happens on cable news all the time. Which is why I don't have it, because it's useless. Oh, you know, Republicans, they want authoritarian leaders like Ron. Really? Interrupt. How is, how is Ron DeSantis authoritarian? You can be polite. How? What are the policies? Can you delineate them for me? I would, I'm really curious. And then go after every single one of them. Liberalism shrinks when faced with facts. That's why I always say no matter how good the debater, if the the person debating you is liberal, they're going to lose. And it's not their fault. It's really not. They could be very well-intentioned. They could be very smart. But liberalism in itself is flawed. It's antithetical to common sense. It will lose every single time if you are on your game. So be on your game. This is not a time to be off your game. Be on your game. Let's keep going.
1: That are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation For the 2022 and 2024 elections.
0: Again, this is all he has. He's still talking about this like it happened yesterday. We have all talked about this already. This guy, it happened. He became president. He was in charge of policy. The country is on a downward spiral. And he can't talk about any of that, right? So he's like, well, let me just go back to that thing over there. Right. He's like, well, CNN's still covering it. Can't be bad for me to still be talking about it. The View's got it on today. They've got January 6th on today. I mean, it's ridiculous. People like what do they not get? That moment has passed. And I say this to Trump, too. Let it go. Let it go. You want to you want to run again? You want to win? You got to be talking about the now. People can't put food on the table. Talk about the now. People are afraid to walk, you know, a half a mile because there's you know crime infested areas in between point A and point B. Talk about the now, the now. This guy's talking about then because he can't talk about the now. What's he gonna say? What has he done that's positive? I'll wait, we can sit here, Tyler and I can have a, a mochaccino and a, and a chat while you try to find something that he did that was good. I wanna know what it is. I guarantee you it's, it wasn't good. Because I was looking last night, and you know I like to give credit where it's due. I'm like, what? what could I say that was positive? Nothing. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. End of story. Did
2: you hear Uh, the Let's Go Brandon chants in the background? I did
0: hear Let's Go Brandon. There's At one point, somebody says something, and he's like, oh, that guy out there. Who could listen to this and Uh not? I mean, I'm not one to heckle. I'm not. But at some point, honestly, you're supposed to be the great unifier, and you get up and give this speech, and you're surprised that somebody's had enough of you in the audience? Come on. Let's not be ridiculous. Okay. I want to go to, um, I want to go to, what are we at, Tyler?
2: 1221.
0: Oh, let's keep going for a little while. And then do we have anything in the chat yet? Do I have to remind people? Super chats. I want you involved. I want questions. Because you got to ask. Listen, I'm telling you straight up. The reason I'm covering this is not because I want a blood pressure spike. It's because you have to face what's going on. And I know, I know it's hard. You sit there and you're like, I don't want to listen to this guy. My dad will sometimes be like, I have to turn it off. I can't. And I'm like, you sit and you watch it. You listen because you're being attacked and you always need to have that motivation to get in that voting booth. You always need to have that extra motivation to fight these battles at home at your school board, in your local communities. Remember, it all starts locally. And you know what happens when you don't listen to this? You get desensitized to how horrible it is. That's what they want. They know. I mean, how many people, Tyler, you said in the beginning, how many people actually watched the speech on, was it a 100,
2: 123,000 from you, the official White House account.
0: 123,000. Can you imagine? I think more people were listening to my Rolo interview the other day. No, but stick close, honestly. No, people are tired. They're like, I don't want to hear this guy. And I am telling you, no, you have to listen. You have to listen. You need, you know, the porcupine. You need those little spikes up. OK, it's not the time to just be like, oh, forget it. Let him just roll. No, no. Listen, he's talking to you. You're the problem. Be ready with an answer. All right. Do we have anything that we want to get to now?
2: Yeah. Uh, Thomas said Happy Labor Day. Oh, happy um, Labor Day. And just for the record, we don't block comments on this chat. So anything you have to say, put it out there. There's a lot of debate going on in the chat. So bring it in. Let's have it. Let's How are hear
0: people it. feeling? Are they pro- Do we have any pro Biden people in there?
2: Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a few people. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, so somebody is is using the raid on Trump mm-hmm. and saying Ron DeSantis raided the home of Rebecca Jones. They gave an example of this happens on both sides. Ron DeSantis raided the home of someone with guns drawn. They even aimed them at her kids. Um, didn't Trump do the shutdowns that closed businesses? Um, so there's there's a lot of back and forth going on here, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, well, that's what we want. Right. We want debate. We want conversation. And I'll tell you this. You're right about in the beginning with Trump. People are going to have beef with Trump. They're going to have beef with Trump. They're going to have beef about vaccine. They're going to have beef about Dr. Birx and Fauci because they came out of the Trump administration. Right. But you have to understand three weeks to slow the spread was dumb. I signed up for it. It was dumb. It's not as dumb as six months later, double masking after you're double vaxxed. Come on. There's degrees here. We have to own up. There was a time when people woke up. The same people were like, okay, wait a minute. Something's going on here that's not right. They owned up like me. I told you. I stopped washing the walls. I'm not still home washing the walls. Okay? Week two, I was washing the walls. So at some point, you know better, you do better. That's not happening from this administration. You still see the idiocy. You still see it. And now they want to walk it back, by the way. You see all these people wanting to, oh, now all of a sudden they're talking about how the masks are bad for the kids and the developmental. You know what? You don't get a pass. You don't get a pass now to say, "Oh I, you know, no, it's been too long. You have to own up. You have to say I was wrong. You have to say my advice was damaging. You have, to, you have to expose yourself as having been part of the problem the same way I did in the beginning. I didn't come on here and pretend like I was doing the right thing from day one. No, that's not knowable. So, listen, Democrats, you're in here. Tell me something Joe Biden did. Put it in the chat. I want to see what did Joe Biden do that was good for the country. I'll wait. Okay, I'm serious. I invite you. Tell me what he did. I've been searching for a long time. I don't see it. We'll get back to the chat in a second. We're going to continue with the video because it's just as ridiculous as you might imagine as it continues. What else we got here?
1: They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. That's why... Respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court judge Michael Ludwig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans, quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy.
0: You're a clear and present danger to democracy. Did you know that? You should get a shirt, clear and present danger. Wasn't that a movie? I think that was a movie at one point. You should get a shirt and be like, Joe Biden called me clear and present danger. I think that would be great. Joe Biden called me and then I'm back clear and present danger. I'd wear that shit like a, bear, like a badge of honor. I would. I would. He acts like every conservative out there, every person who voted for Trump was somehow involved in some ill will. You see how he just groups everybody together too? Convenient. And every time, I'm telling you, every time they say respected conservatives, that's like mainstream Republicans. That is code for Republicans who do nothing. Doormats. That's a code for a doormat. Okay, I want to skip to 1721, Tyler, because... Um, oh, actually, you know what? I don't want to do that. I want to skip to 1752. 1752 is where it really gets good. So if you thought
1: we were having fun before, you just wait. Here we go. Oh, Citizens, on top of that, there are public figures today, yesterday, and the day before, predicting... And all but calling for mass violence and rioting in the streets. This is inflammatory. It's dangerous.
0: Okay, who is he talking about? Who is he talking about that pub- public figures on the right that are calling for the violence? I want to know. I'm sure if he was doing an interview, nobody would ask him. But do you remember this? Remember Maxine Waters, Democrat from California? Do you remember that? Here's some things Maxine Waters has said. We got to stay on the street and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. What about this on MSNBC? The people are going to turn on them, meaning the MAGA Republicans. They're going to protest. They're going to absolutely harass. Remember when she was calling for people to go into restaurants and harass members of the Trump administration? She thought that was a good idea. So, you know, this nonsense that he's talking about, that he's putting the blame on the right, people on the left do this all the time all the time, he takes no ownership for it. By the way, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and I'll give you more. Otherwise, gotta pull back, no, just kidding. All right, let's keep going, Tyler.
1: Against the rule of law, and we the people must say, this is not who we are. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be pro-ex, uh, pro-ex, pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. They're incompatible. We can't allow violence to be normalized in this country. It's wrong. We each have to reject political violence with, with all the moral clarity and conviction this nation can muster now.
0: So he's talking about violence again. But, but where are these people... Where are these people repeatedly when there's violence in the streets from whether it's Occupy Wall Street back in the day or it's from Black Lives Matter? Where are they? Right. Where are they when these things happen? Well, maybe if you're Maxine Waters, you're the one one of the people calling for the violence. Right. Maybe you're like, oh, this is my moment. Interesting. Another thing she said, by the way, I had this one here, too. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a grocery store, at a gasoline station, You get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome. Ah, America. America, the unifiers. I really can't. All right, let's keep going, Tyler. We're going to go to, let's go to um, 1852 to 1943. We'll do that chunk. This is interesting too. Listen to what he says about dissent, right? Some of us out here actually value dissent. We value a free exchange of ideas. We value what real dissent looks like. So let's listen to what he says, and you tell me if this speech is reflective of what he's telling you he thinks is important.
1: Politics, politics can be fierce and mean and nasty in America. I get it. I believe in the give and take of politics in disagreement and debate and dissent. We're a big, complicated country, but democracy endures only if we the people respect the guardrails of the Republic. Only if we the people accept the results of free and fair elections. Only if we the people see politics not as total war, but mediation of our differences. He's talking to you about how he likes dissent. He is a guy who
0: likes disagreement, and he's just gone on and on again. How many minutes now about how the MAGA Republicans are a problem? So in other words, here is the message. You can disagree with him as long as it falls within the realm of how he thinks it's appropriate for you to disagree with him. Okay? Always, I always think in terms of the view, right? Because I was there. You can disagree, but not on topic A and topic B because these are sacred cows. And you can disagree a little, but not on this topic and not with this guest or consequences will be faced. That's how it works there, and that's how it works for him, because that's how it works with liberals. They're very uncomfortable with people who don't stand within their boxes, right? He's delineating, this is the box, you can disagree as long as you stay in here. If you're out here, and you're MAGA, no, now your disagreement is dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Well, maybe because he doesn't have an answer or a response to what you've said, right? Maybe because then he would actually have to own up to shitty policy and he doesn't want to do that. Okay, let's go. You guys have fun with this. Honestly, I I feel bad exposing you to all of it if you if you missed it. But you have to you have to live and breathe this stuff. And we're going to have Jesse Kelly on on Friday. And one of the things we're going to talk about is why it's important to allow yourself to get angry on this stuff. Jesse's a big proponent of that. I know you follow his Twitter account. But I needed you to see this and feel this energy as prep for what he and I are going to discuss here on Friday. Very, very important. So stick with me. I know you've had to probably vomit a couple of times. And maybe your blood pressure medication isn't working as well as it should. But there's a purpose to all of this. And it's an awareness as to who they are and what they're doing and how comfortable they are demonizing you. They're very, very comfortable. Okay, let's keep going, Tyler.
1: Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. He's still
0: talking about the election, Tyler. He's still talking about the former election. He's still talking about it.
2: That's okay. So is Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams. So everybody else
0: (laughs) Hillary Clinton's still talking about it that's true she She gave a
2: master class on this speech she was going to give when she won the election Stacey Abrams is still racing around Georgia claiming she's the rightful governor
0: and do you know why that is that they get away with this because the media indulges them right like if Trump is talking about oh he's crazy shut him up he's this guy he's like the crazy uncle shut him up this guy but if Hillary Clinton, years later, is still talking about how I don't know how it could have happened, it was like, the, the the cards were stacked against me, even though she took Bernie out. remember that? Oh, they took him out. They were like, "Let's get rid of him. I'm not popular. I'm going to have to somehow just get rid of him in a bad way. Otherwise, he's going to get too popular because I stink." She knew it. But these this is how these people operate, right? Because the media will come in and save them. They'll they'll have a conversation with her three years later and be like, "So really, did she? Do you really think you lost her?" They'll give that opening to her. She's nauseating with that stuff. But he's still talking about it. He's still talking about that election. Come on, man. You're at the gas tank and you're like, I cannot. Let's see. Do I want to buy gas today or do I want to go to the grocery store? I have to choose. And he's talking about an election how long ago? Disgusting. Disgusting. Explain your policies. Explain yourself to people. That's what you should be doing. Okay. Okay. Let's keep going, Tyler. Getting all red in the face.
1: They win or they were cheated. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. (laughs) They don't understand what every um, patriotic American knows. You can't love your country only when you win. It's fundamental. American democracy only works only if we choose to respect the rule of law and the institutions that were set up in this chamber behind me. Only if we respect our legitimate political differences.
0: Okay, again. I mean, do you see, though, the profound lack of self-awareness that you could say respect our political differences you say it right of course somebody wrote a form he looks this way it's a prompter he reads it he doesn't self-reflect he didn't read the speech ahead of time and say hey guys um i know we're saying that but i spend like most of the speech riffing on MAGA, and now i'm saying respect political differences is it possible that maybe no no now you may wonder is he alert enough to do that i don't know somebody didn't catch that no they did catch it that is the message they did catch it they just think you're too dumb to catch it they're like oh they won't notice they'll just they'll be so mad about the maga stuff that they won't even notice and they'll they'll be rooting for me anyway so they'll be on board That's they count on you being a moron they count on you being a moron every single time whether it's a mask mandate whether it's a vax mandate whether it's a lockdown Whether it's a no, 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 the the unarmed social worker will be there for you and we will just fire 10 police officers. Whatever the issue may be, they count on you being a moron. If you're not a moron, they lose. Or they count on you being hypnotized or so afraid of something, right? Now they want, again, fear politics. They wanted you afraid of COVID. And now they want you afraid that if Donald Trump wins or a MAGA Republican wins, that they're going to be authoritarian, even though this guy's been an actual authoritarian for the better part of the last couple of years, or there's going to be another insurrection. They need you afraid again. Afraid is their only ticket. That's it. That's where it ends. All right, let's go to uh, the 2127 to so 2205. We're going to jump into the space of delusion. I like a little delusion thrown my way on a Monday. How about you? All right, let's take a listen. Uh-huh.
1: MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. They spread fear and lies, lies told for profit and power. But I see a different America, an America with an unlimited future, an America that's about to take off. I hope you see it as well. Just look around. I believe we could lift America from the depths of COVID So we passed the largest economic recovery package. Okay, I really, I
0: mean, as if he was the one to lift us out of the depths of COVID. Come on. I mean, the fact that he could say that with a straight face. So he wants to paint you as the bad guy because you see actual despair that's happening in society. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. We're going to continue. He wants you to be the bad guy because you see actual darkness in the crime in your cities. Because you see actual darkness in criminals getting out without proper consequence. Because you see actual darkness in the supposed land of the free mandating experimental treatments on people or they can't walk into a restaurant and eat a sandwich. He wants you to be labeled the bad guy because you see what's actually happening and you're calling it out. Instead, he would like you to say, oh, no, Joe Biden is great. And now I'm going to walk over this little rainbow and there's going to be a little leprechaun on the other side and he's going to give me a pot of gold because they live in the land of make-believe and they need you to live in the land of make-believe in order to re-elect them because that is the only way that a sane person would re-elect these people.
1: Let's continue, Tyler. And today America's economy is faster, stronger than any other advanced nation in the world. We have more to go. Is it? Is
0: it? Again, I don't care if you like Joe Biden. I don't care. I don't care. Separate yourself from his words. Is it? Are we stronger? Are we more respected? Are we more prosperous today than we were before? I don't care if you like him or not. Remove him from it and ask yourself those questions and be honest about the answer. The answer is very clearly no to all three. Be honest when you have these conversations with yourself. It's not about a politician, it's much bigger than that. Okay. Let's go to
1: uh, 2312. (sighs) The critics and the critics tell us nothing can get done, but they're wrong. There is not a single thing America cannot do, not a single thing beyond our capacity, if we do it together. It's never easy. But we're proving in America, no matter how long the road, progress does come. Look, I know the last year, a few years have been tough, but today COVID no longer controls our lives. Oh
0: my god, I cannot. I cannot listen to this nonsense on COVID. COVID, by the way, never controlled our lives. COVID did not control our lives. Bureaucrats did, okay? Government did when it came to COVID. Heads of companies that were holding hands and in bed with government did. That's who controlled people's lives. Oftentimes, people allowed that to happen. Somebody asked me the other day and said, well, what were businesses? This was a great conversation. It was about loans. I was talking to Kim Iverson, actually, and we were talking about loans and whether loans should be forgiven. And we were talking about some of those loans that were given to businesses during the COVID pandemic. And I said, and she said to me, well, what, what do you think should have happened? And I said, every single one of those businesses should have said, I'm not locking down. I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. You don't have the authority to tell me to do that. And I'm not complying. What would have happened if every single business towed that line? What would have happened in a company, Disney, for example, Because, you know, they love some authoritarianism over there. Let's say Disney said we have a vax mandate and every single employee of that company walked out. You think they're going to they would have to say, "Uh, okay, maybe that's not going to work. This is what I'm saying, right? You have a voice. It doesn't work if it's just you surrounded by a bunch of cowards. But there is a lot of power in not complying with stuff that they shouldn't be allowed to do. They shouldn't be allowed to do it. You know that. Shouldn't be allowed to say that to you that you have to do that stuff in order to keep your job or your business open. And remember, it was arbitrary. Everybody always said, Remember when they, they shut down, they wanted to shut down all the churches but keep all the liquor stores open? Hmm, that sounds like a recipe for a healthy society. Or the big box stores could stay open, right? The big box stores, but not the mom and pop shop down the street. So all the small businesses got hit really, really hard and had to pick up and relocate. God bless them, those who relocated. But these people need you to live in the land of delusion, which is that now you're supposed to thank them for being so kind as to ease up on those restrictions after having inflicted them on you for so long. So if you lost your job out there as a result of these people, or you lost your business, I hope you've gotten loud, get loud, and stay loud, and don't allow them to forget. Okay, let's go to uh, twenty-four forty-seven, two twenty-five twenty-seven
1: moment with all the challenges we face i give you my word as a biden i've never been more optimistic about america's future not because it may because of who you are we're going to end cancer as we know it mark my words we're going to create millions of new jobs in a clean energy economy we're going to think big we're going to make the 21st century another american century okay so this world... is
0: where it gets absurd this is where it's like just pure campaign speech right Next, it's going to be like, I'm going to reach up and grab a star from the sky and hand it to every American. I mean, this is just ridiculous, right? He's going to cure cancer now. Oh, how? You're going to be in some type of in bed with big pharma? You think that's going to be your solution? How? I'm really curious. Did somebody ask these people green energy? Oh, how you plan on to fix that with like government aid to green energy industries? Because we already know that doesn't work, right? That's not how you clean energy has to has to bring up has to arise from the free market we all know that remember Solyndra that was fun here's one takeaway from this section and I have two more clips I want to show you he's optimistic so am I for different reasons here's why I'm optimistic because he's going to lose next time see that big old smile toothy he's going to lose that's why I'm optimistic and as a result policies will improve things will get better and we won't have to listen to any more of this insufferable nonsense. That's why I'm optimistic. So he and I can share that sentiment for different reasons. Let's go to the last clip I want to play here is six sixteen two. to Oh, we're going to go straight through to the end to 3102. Um, this is the end. And I would just like you as you listen to this section. Oh, actually, we have two more. Uh, As you listen to this section, Tyler, I left the last one out, I'll have to tell you. Think about that um, WhiteHouse.gov. Do you remember when they talked about the winter of death for the unvaccinated? Remember, everybody who got vaccinated and boosted was going to be all good. But if you didn't get it, if you didn't get the vaccine, you were going to suffer a winter of death. I'd like you to just think about that as we go through this next section. It's the last section. It's an important section. Let's roll through. We'll start at 2616. Um, Let's do that
1: and respect, that all deserve justice and a shot at lives of prosperity and consequence, and that democracy, democracy must be defended, for democracy makes all these things possible. (laughs) Folks, and it's up to us. Democracy begins and will be preserved and we, the people's habits of the heart in our character optimism that is tested yet endures courage that digs deep when we need it
0: okay so what what is this all <laughs> what does this all mean this is just emptiness right do you gather anything from this Tyler when they do this it just sounds like just it's like words <laughs> feel good words courage and patriotism and that's it. Somebody like, I wonder oftentimes these speech writers, they just like make a list. All right, these are all the words that we need. Liberty and patriotism and courage. And let's just string these words through. And people leave feeling good, right? Because the Stafford wives in our society, you ever see that movie? You should watch it. The people who are just little robots, little puppets, they're like, they leave and they just cling to the words, right? They're like, Curry, oh, I feel good. Like they get an endorphin rush out of because they cra- they like authoritarians. They do. They like to be patted on the head and on the back and told what to do. There is a segment of the population that likes to be told what to do. They like to be parented from government. They do. They're very comfortable with that dynamic. You need to accept that. If you're not like them, they exist. And they exist in, in decently large numbers in this country now, sadly. But they cling to these words. They listen to the authoritarian talk and they cling. And they, they walk away and they're like, huh. Oh, that was refreshing. He, he criminalized all the people I don't like. And he used all the words. And I feel really good about it. I think things are going to be great. And COVID now is out of the way. And they live in the land of delusion, right? Remember, we talked about the Little Rainbow, the Little Leprechaun. They think it's there. They think they're going to open their door and Joe Biden's going to be like, here's your pot of gold. They still believe the government has its own money. Those are the people who, when they say, this is going to be free, they think that exists. They haven't yet processed that it's somebody else's money. It's those people who live in that perpetual state of bizarre utopia. Okay, they exist. They're real. They're prevalent. And they're vocal. They're very vocal. Let's do the last section. It's 2945 to 3102. We're going to let this roll, and then I'm going to give comments, and then we're going to go back in the chat. Super chats, people, I want to hear your comments after this, so please get involved.
1: We we proved that for all its imperfections, America is still the beacon to the world, an ideal to be realized, a promise to be kept. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred, nothing more American. That's our soul. That's who we truly are. And that's who must, we must always be. I have no doubt, none, that this is who we will be and that we'll come together as a nation that will secure our democracy, that for the next 200 years, we'll have what we had the past 200 years, the greatest nation on the face of the Earth. We just need to remember who we are. We are the United States of America. The United States of America. Okay, that's enough.
0: Okay, so again, the, the word, united, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, the robots are like, he thinks, this is the guy, yeah, he wants us all to get along, he's not like Trump. Meantime, he spent the whole speech ripping on MAGA, ripping on Republicans that aren't reliable talking points, ripping on, I mean, it's a joke, right? The idea that you would walk away from this speech and think this guy is a unifier, I mean, you would have to be, I don't know, drunk, drugged, something. So here's my takeaway from this before we get to the chat. One, he is terrified of MAGA. He's terrified of Trump. We know that. He wouldn't be doing a speech and devoting this amount of quantity in that speech to MAGA if he weren't terrified of it. He just wouldn't be talking about them, right? He just would would. You know what? He would be talking about his own policies. Can't talk about that because it's complete and utter chaos. And he knows that. So that's point number two. He knows his record sucks. I just wrote this up while he was talking. Because, you know, there's only so much you can listen to. He knows his record sucks. He knows it or he would be talking about it more. He mentions a couple of things in there that he feels he did well. A couple of things in there, which he also didn't. But we only have a certain amount of time in this show. So he knows his record sucks by and large. And he knows you know it, right? Because he knows that you feel the price increases. He knows that you see the crime. He knows that you're, not, you're, you're living in this country right now so part of living in it is sending your kids to school and he also at some point very important mentions takes a dig at culture wars as if they're all these people focused on these culture wars and let me tell you something they are terrified of the culture wars i had a conversation with kim iverson the other day and she felt that this was a fringe issue and i am telling you democrats are terrified terrified of parents who are plugged into the cultural decay that is happening in this country. When it comes to the woke politics at school. When it comes to the indoctrination. When it comes to you know. Um, Drag queen story hour. When it comes to gender reassignment surgeries. On 17 year olds. When it comes to all of this stuff. When it comes to Disney cartoons. That are now pure and utter propaganda. They are they are plugged into this. And it's not just Republicans. It's just parents who are like. Uh, I don't know. This is getting a little crazy. So he took a dig at, at culture war and cultural warriors because he's afraid of them, too. Just know that. They, they don't talk about it if they're not afraid of it. Um, he also, you know, other points in my takeaway, doesn't know it's a republic, it seems. Somebody tell him. I don't know. Write it in the next speech. And he, again, I cannot stress this enough before we get to the chat. He's counting on you being an idiot. You cannot listen to this speech, Democrat, Republican, Independent. You cannot listen to this speech and not be turned off unless you are a robot. So he is counting on you eating and swallowing in the same way that people ate and swallowed the garbage that they fed, like little baby spoon fed, all the COVID stuff, swallowed it. Same way, he is counting on you doing that with all of this horseshit. There's no nicer way to say it. Um, I think there's a lot less people that are gonna be willing to swallow it. But that is my summary. Now, why is this incredibly dangerous? Well, because you have a sitting president that seized an opportunity to demonize a whole segment of the population against his own interest, frankly. He doesn't realize that, but this, is, this does not help him. And it's interesting. I went and looked at a lot of the headlines and there were more headlines than I realized that said, wow, this was a disaster. It wasn't just coming from conservative publications. People were talking about the background, like "Mm, what was going on there? Gates of hell. I don't know. There was some talk that somebody had said CNN had lightened it. I don't know if they did, that they had made it more pink. I don't know. There was a lot of talk about how it may not have been in his best interest to demonize a whole segment of the population and get them all revved up. Just in time for midterm elections and then a presidential election. So the coverage was like, hmm, I don't know, with the exception of the talking point loyalists who, you know, before the speech had decided this was going to be a great speech. And then after we're like, hmm, yeah, this was a great speech. You know, they adhere to their talking points because they're not free thinking people and they have an allegiance to a machine and they have a job to do, which is to echo talking points and not be a free thinking person. Regardless, it's incredibly dangerous and incredibly small of a sitting president to do a speech like this. And I don't care if you're MAGA. I don't ca- I don't care. I don't care who, where you stand on an issue. The fact that he felt the need to ostracize and to demonize the way he did only expresses what a small, small, insecure, weak administration this is. So that's where we're at. Tyler, let's go to the chat.
2: A lot of, a lot going on here. Um, <laughs> Robert said, Jed, I'm not a robot. I'm a moderate conservative who's turned off by Trump and his attitude. I reluctantly voted Biden, but I do agree that all the MAGA extremists, not all Trump voters, are dangerous. Um,
0: okay, so and I would ask somebody like that. So these people exist, right? There's a lot of people who are willing to question Biden. I'm going to get back to you in a second. They're willing to say Biden's wrong on this, right? They're willing to say... I don't really like Trump. I don't like the way he approached politics. Maybe they didn't like his demeanor, his attitude. They didn't feel that he was, you know, had the proper demeanor for a sitting president, whatever it may be. And they're not going to just swallow everything that Biden does. But again, I'm going to ask you, what is extremist policy wise? Don't You can't cite January 6th. Not every MAGA supporter was there at the Capitol on January 6th. OK, in fact, the vast, 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 vast majority of, were not. So what is the extreme policy? Is the extreme policy low taxes? Is the extreme policy securing the border? Is the extreme policy um, getting all of this woke propaganda out of schools? Is the extreme policy not having mandates? What is the extreme policy? Okay, not language, not like, oh, Trump gets up and he uses crazy words. I'm talking about what actually gets instituted as policy because the rest doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. The reason this speech is damaging by Biden is because his policies reflect it. His policies reflect authoritarianism. And he reads as an authoritarian and his policies reflect that. That's why it's dangerous, okay? If he was just talking like this and in the meantime his policies were all good and there was freedom, you know, flying high and we really were a beacon to the rest of the world, which by the way, we are not. We are not today. We have to own that. That would be a different story. So I'm going to ask people again, Think about this. Just on policy, what was so scary? What are these people saying that's scary? Okay, let's go.
2: There's another one here that's interesting, that I think illuminates that that half the country lives in one reality and half the country lives in another. And I, I really think that's true. And you listen, you can say it for both sides, but fine. One person says, I'll vote for Republicans that are pro-choice and pro-LGBT. And I think that's interesting because... Everybody wants to bring up the Roe decision. All that did was send it back to the states. There are Republicans who are pro-choice that are saying, listen, it's not constitutional. Mm-hmm. OK, they're talking about overturning Obergefell. Well, that nowhere in the Constitution should marriage be at all, let alone gay marriage. It right. has nothing to do with the Constitution. All that does is implement laws and give nine judges and robes the power to dictate law for everybody around the country. Right. That's right. So I, I think that's interesting and and really shows how there are two sides and two different realities that people are living in. But there's a lot of back and forth going on. And and
0: And what e- does that mean just to interrupt not to interrupt you Tyler. Okay, so if you wanted you wanted to vote for a Republican Republican that was pro-choice. Does that mean they're personally pro-choice? Does that mean that because honestly, if you if you look at the constitution and you send abortion back to the states, which is if you f- abide by the constitution, that's what you should be doing. Sending it back to the states, that's not banning abortion. That's saying that states have a right to make those decisions. If you think New York, California, these states are ever going to ban abortion, that is never going to happen. So are you talking about their personal stance or are you talking about their stance for the country? What does pro-LGBT mean to you? What does that mean? Because I don't know any Republicans right now, truthfully, in positions of of power that are anti-LGBT. They're saying live the life you want to live, live a life you but you don't get to go into schools and make that part of a curriculum. So what they're advocating against is what's, what's happening with respect to youth and surgeries and things that are happening to minors, to minors, and now telling three-year-olds that, yeah, you have gender dysphoria just because your three-year-old got up and woke up and said, I don't know, I think I'm a cat today. So what does what I ask is what does that mean, pro-LGBT? Does that mean you have to endorse gay marriage? Because it's way beyond the gay marriage debate now. OK, we can't we, we used to be talking about the gay marriage debate. And now we're talking about how there is a segment of the population that refused to identify a biological male and a biological female. So what does that mean to you? What does pro what does that mean? Policy wise, I would be very curious to ask. It's
2: pro-choice. <clears throat> uh This is pro-debates is the name of the account, which I I appreciate, right? A pro-choice Republican will not allow for any laws in the U.S. that limit the rights of a woman. 14th Amendment. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States.
0: Okay, so again, and we had this conversation with Kim the other day. By the way, people who are interested in the abortion debate should should go watch the second half of my show the other day with Kim Iverson. We did an intense debate on abortion. So again, people who advocate for a pro-choice position do not recognize that that is a life growing inside of someone, that that is a person that is forming. People who are pro-life are advocating for that person. You understand? It's It's a human being. Now, you can say, well, it's not viable. Well, and I say that, well, they can't sustain themselves. Neither could my one day old. Neither could my one day old. If I delivered that baby and just left him, there would be a problem. So you have to again what Tyler's saying is true. There are in many respects two very different ways of just looking at the world. But you have to be able to see the other side. So if you're pro choice till, till 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 delivery till delivery if you believe that a woman should be able to end a pregnancy in month 9 that's an extreme position you also have to be willing to understand that there are people who believe that is a life and that at any point if that woman ends the pregnancy she has killed another life you just have to be regardless of your personal view on it you have to be able to stretch your mind and see this is why these two are never going to meet on abortion they're never going to meet I think on gay marriage, it's a little bit different, but I don't think that is the LGBTQ plus. I don't know. So many letters. I don't even know. Now there's like you scroll down on a college application. I don't know. There's like 50 genders. But the, the gender activism debate is what's happening now, not the gay marriage debate. The majority of Republicans support gay marriage. That's not the issue of the day. The issue is this gender activism that's weird and oddly targeted at children. Anything else we got in there?
2: This 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 person said I am pro life. Uh, the fetus inside me is a life growing. My position on this issue isn't about being life or not. It's my my position is that the woman has bodily autonomy, and I I don't even think it's about whether or not Republicans are pro life or not pro life. Or if you if you if I'm not excuse me if I'm pro life, and seventy percent of the country is pro choice, call your Congressperson. That's right. how this is supposed to work. If you want a constitutional amendment, call your congressperson. Yeah. Tell your congressperson to vote on it. And if 70% of the country wants it, then fine. That's how, that's how this was always supposed to work. Um, but no, the, the chat was great, man. It was good watching all the back and forth today because people, re, people are torn. They say the speech was not good. But they're also saying that a lot of what he says was correct In a lot of ways, it was still a bad speech, but but people acknowledge that this was not a good speech and not a good time for the speech.
0: Well, it's I think I think the timing is really interesting. And again, we look at that and say, why would you have this speech now of all times? But there is a reason. And the reason is that you have Trump out front and center now giving these speeches. I think there is a lot of concern by folks on the left and by some on the right. That he'll run again because there's some on the right who feel even if they like Trump, they're like, I don't think this is his moment, right? They they feel like there's a lot of baggage there. There is, right? There is. Any time you've already been in office, there's baggage attached to you. There's the January 6th issue. There's the fact that Trump likes to also go back and talk about the past a lot. So they're like, is he going to make the whole thing about that and not about what's happening right now? And honestly, I do think people are concerned about him with respect to the vaccine because they want someone who's going to challenge all of that stuff. And... All of the people that were and, and things that were part of the Trump administration, is he now going to feel compelled to defend, even if it's indefensible, because it's attached to him and his legacy? So there are legitimate questions about Trump. What I will say to anyone is, is that if you're sitting in a like quicksand, OK, you're you're sitting and you realize, holy shit, I'm in quicksand and you're not talking and you're talking, but you're not talking about the quicksand. And you're not talking about how to get people out of the quicksand and you're not scurrying to find some way to latch on to something. And instead, you're talking about something that was also not good that happened like a year or two ago. There's a problem. Everyone watching that should say, well, okay, even if you agree with that, why aren't you talking about the quicksand? Because that that stuff is spreading and pretty soon it's going to be in my backyard. So that's how I feel about the speech. Like it was a refusal to just talk about the now. And a refusal to talk about the now is always indicative of insecurity about the now and concern about how people are perceiving the now and going back to what you think is a safe talking point, where a lot of the country was on the same page of like, okay, this was bad. What happened to the Capitol? Let's move on. Okay. He's counting on you being plugged into those emotions and not in the emotions of the now, which is you go to the gas tank and you can't afford to put gas in your car and you're holding the current administration partly if not all responsible for a lot of policies that affect that. That's what he's counting on. I for one enjoyed this today. I haven't been doing a full political day in a while. I do a lot of cultural stuff. I don't do a lot of um this stuff just gets um it gets heavy and also it gets repetitive for me. You ever turn on like cable news? It's like You could turn it's like a soap opera, right? You turn on cable news and you see a segment and then like six months later, you turn it on. It's like later that day, you know, you've like seen it all. (laughs) So I really only like to hit this stuff when I think it's something very important. This was very important to me because it was oddly timed. You're right. And it was very specifically targeting a segment of the population. And it was going backward and not acknowledging the present. And he, again, looked completely disconnected from his words. So um, I don't I don't want to hear another campaign speech. I just don't. I don't have time for that. I want somebody to get to the podium and tell me how he's going to fix what's broken or just shut up. Just don't do a speech. You know, it's not worth it. Um, I don't need to hear you demonize a segment of the pop. Like who? It's just not where I'm at. But I do think it's very important to cover it, uh, to expose where the administration is. And I'm so glad you all got into it and that you liked it. We'll do more of these if speeches pop up um, that... Make me prickly. (laughs) And uh, like I said, we have Jesse Kelly here on Friday. I don't have my Wednesday guest confirmed yet, so I can't. But we have we have pretty sure we're going to have an amazing guest on Wednesday on the issue of transgender women in sports. And it's going to be a fantastic conversation. I just need to get a final approval on that. Um, And Jesse's going to be here on Friday to talk about why he and Glenn Beck had that on-air moment of disagreement and why he feels – like their, well, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but he talks a lot on Twitter about how he feels there's going to be a heavy, deep, intense reaction on the right to what we've seen and why that may actually be exactly what's necessary. I don't know if I agree with him on that, but we're definitely going to talk it out here on Friday. So I'll be back here on Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern time with a fantastic guest. Please follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, um, so that I can tease that guest out for you. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Don't forget to hit like and please put in the comments. Did you enjoy this political show? What do you want to see more of? Do you want to see less politics, more politics? Um, what kind of guests do you want to see? I'd love to hear from you. Have a great day, and I'll see you back here on Wednesday. Bye
2: bye.